Welcome to episode 80 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. Now, I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now, protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40% lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers, it is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body, it is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address, and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list, and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order, and you will also 
also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email, and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 80 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? 
Well, I am very excited because this is the week that my new podcast actually will premiere. Congratulations. Thank you. November 1st, that is Thursday, so that's the day. And I guess it's time to announce the name of it since people are going to be looking for it so they can (laughs) download it on the first day. And the new podcast is called Intermittent Fasting Stories. So look for Intermittent Fasting Stories. Episode one will be premiering Thursday, November 1st. That's very exciting. It really is exciting. The first episode, you're, you're going to hear from Kim, and Kim has lost over 90 pounds, and she and her husband have actually written a book about their experiences. He also does intermittent fasting. Their story is called Unbelievable Freedom, and their book is available on Amazon, and you can just go look at the photo on the cover and see. They don't even look like the same people. It's pretty exciting. So tune in on Thursday to hear her story. Well, I can't wait to listen. Another podcast to add to my million podcasts. But it will be there. You're going to love it. Yeah, it'll be there because it's just really great to hear from people and how it's changed their lives. I mean, I'm really enjoying doing these interviews because people just all have an interesting story to tell. Well, that is quite exciting. So listeners, definitely check that out. We'll put links to that in the show notes. The show notes for this episode will be ifpodcast.com slash episode 80. What is the website address for that? Well, it's going to be www.intermittentfastingstories.com. Okay. So listeners, definitely go there as well. And yeah, let us know what you think. It's a whole new world. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And you know, since I said I'm I'm not the technical person like you are, so I have a team <laughs> that is setting this up for me. So it'll all be ready by the time you go to it. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all of it. <laughs> I can't wait either. I'm ready, ready to see how it goes. But it's exciting, a little scary with my my spinoff, as we we called it. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Um, Yeah. So what's up with you? Well, I do have two really, really exciting announcements. So this is crazy. I didn't plan this at all. Both the audiobook for my book, What When Wine, as well as my recording of the audiobook, The Yoga of Eating by Charles Eisenstein, they both came out on the same day, which is kind of crazy. They came out two weeks ago on October 16th. And so just a little bit about them. So What When Wine, the audiobook, I actually narrate like the first few chapters that are um, like the introduction and then like the personal chapters about my diet history and things like that. So that's in my voice and I narrate it. And then it's taken over by Emily Wu Zeller. And I am just, Jen, I am just so happy <laughs> with her narration because I'm such a big audiobook listener. As, as listeners know, I'm listening to audiobooks like all the time. I always have one going. The narrator is so important and it's so important to like that the narrator really gets the author across. The sense of the author and Emily just, she just nailed it. She's amazing. I'm just so happy with her. And she actually said, I was talking to her, telling her how happy I was. And she said she's actually started intermittent fasting herself after reading the book, which is super awesome. So listeners, I can't recommend enough that you check out the audiobook version of What When Wine. I'm just really happy with it. And I'm getting really good feedback. And I just, there's a wealth of information in there about paleo, about finding the right whole foods that work for you, about intermittent fasting, about wine, about hacks for how to really tap into fat burning. Just it's all in there. And then also, like I said, the audiobook for The Yoga of Eating came out. And that is a book that I talk about on the podcast a lot. 
It's really, really wonderful for learning how to cultivate a a nourishing, loving mindset around food and getting rid of thoughts of restriction and you know detrimental habits and such. And I just find it so helpful and so refreshing. And Charles, the author, actually was so kind to let me produce the audiobook version. So it is also available on Audible. So you can check both of those out. I'll put links to those in the show notes. And so just for listeners, we are going to have an Instagram giveaway. So I'm actually going to post this on my personal Instagram account. So if you go to Melanie Avalon, I'm going to post a picture there with the audiobooks. And if you comment your favorite intermittent fasting benefit, I'm going to do a drawing and give you a code to download those books to the lucky winner. So definitely check that out. So again, the Instagram at Melanie Avalon and comment your favorite intermittent fasting benefit. So many exciting things going on. I know. Yeah, I also, my life is crazy right now because we put our house on the market. It's been on the market for seven days and we've had like 12 showings. I mean, it's like crazy. (laughs) It's so exciting for listeners. (laughs) I kept telling Jen that I didn't want it to sell until I got to see the photos like the the photos of her house because I really want to see what it looks like. So I got to see them. So now they're on realtor.com. Yeah, but I can't announce the address because I thought that might be weird. And then all, all of your stalker <laughs> so fans to, are going to show up at right? your Yeah. <laughs> or like maybe you'll have like some crazy stalker who's like, oh, I can buy Jen's house. And then. Well, look, hello, crazy stalker. I'm talking yeah. to you. If you've got cash, you can buy my house. <laughs> <laughs> Send an email to Jen at ihavepodcast.com. <laughs> with your with your cash offer, that would be fine. But yeah, it's weird. We've lived here since 2005, so we have a lot of stuff. So a lot of clearing out to do. We're downsizing in case anybody wonders what's happening. We, we've loved this house, but it's just too big for the two of us. And so it's time to have something smaller. I feel like that's a very natural thing. Like I, al- I already want to downsize. <laughs> well, and you, you know, know, we've talked before about how intermittent fasting leads you to want to live a more minimal lifestyle. A lot of people in the Facebook groups talk about that. You know, you're doing intermittent fasting, you don't eat all the time, you suddenly realize you don't need so much stuff either. So I'm looking around at all these rooms in our house and all the stuff shoved in the closets and I'm like, I don't want any of this. I just want to live simply. So that's that's my goal. Smaller house, simpler life. I'm actually contemplating moving again, and I want to... I've already got rid of so many things, but I, now I want to, like, really... I want to get rid of, like, right. the rest. <laughs> oh, I have, a, I have a fun question for you. See if you can... How, how good you can guess this number. So somebody was posting a minimalist challenge on Facebook, and it was like for the month on day one of the month, you get rid of one thing. And on day two of the month, you get rid of two things and three things on day three and so on. So by the last day of the month, you get rid of, you know, 31 things. So I want you to guess how many things do you think that is? I added it up. How many things do you think you have to get rid of if you do that for a month? Oh, um, well, this is me trying to figure it out now in my head. <laughs> right, right. Um, which is not, that will take too long. Um, I don't know, hundreds. It was 496 things. Wow. I was like, that's a lot of things. At first I was like, I can do that. One thing, then two things, then three things. I'm like, how many things is that? So I added it up. Yeah, 496 things. That's a lot of things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have... At least that many things I need to get rid of. <laughs> I, so maybe, yeah, I probably maybe do I'll try. Too. But I, 
I'm going to go for an even 500 things just so I can, you know, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes, let's get started. All right. So to start things off, this is the perfect title. The subject is how to get started. <laughs> and this email comes from Michelle and it says, love your podcast. I can't wait for new episodes. I really want to get started with intermittent fasting as I need to lose weight and it seems like the best plan for both overall health and weight loss. I'm having trouble committing and making it until 4 p.m. each day without eating. Any advice on how to get started and stick to it? How long will it take to start feeling and seeing results? Trying to do a 6-18 split. Thank you greatly in advance, Michelle. All right, so um, that's a great question and a lot of people feel like they have to start off. They're like, okay, I have decided I'm going to have a six-hour eating window, and it's going to start at four, and I'm going to start that tomorrow. And, you know, some people can do it. They just rip the Band-Aid off, and they jump right in, and they're ready to start. They fast until four, and they're ready to go. But not everybody can do that. So it's okay to ease in. There's really a lot of different ways you can do it. You know, you could start by just skipping breakfast only and then eat your lunch and then every day gradually push back your um, your lunch a little bit until eventually you're starting at four. That's one way you could do it. Or, you know, this this idea comes from the book, The Carbohydrate Addicts Diet that I read um, years ago. It's from the 90s. And in that book, you know, it's all about keeping your insulin low, which of course is what people in the keto community are doing too, but intermittent fasting does it as well. But as you're trying to get fat adapted, that's, you know, what we call the adjustment period. And you can get fat adapted without eating low carb or eating keto, but eating low carb or keto can actually help you get fat adapted. So you can start by having a low carb breakfast or keto or whichever, or low-carb or keto lunch, and then have your regular meal at 4 o'clock every day. That was actually the plan that was outlined in um, in the Carbohydrate Addicts Diet. It was, you know, low-carb, low-carb, then a regular meal. But having those two low-carb meals during the day will help your body adapt and get in, into the fat-burning state. And so eventually you can stop having that low-carb breakfast and just have the low-carb lunch and then have your regular dinner. Then eventually you won't need that lunch anymore. And then bingo, there you are having your meal at four o'clock. And of course, it's not required that you have low-carb for that third meal, unless that's the lifestyle you like to lead and you would like to be low-carb or keto, in which case you can you know eat in whatever style you want. But um, the carbohydrate addicts diet is where I got that idea uh, for adjusting to intermittent fasting because it just seems like it would be a natural and I actually talk about this in Delay, Don't Deny. In the eating window chapter, I give that as a suggestion for how you might want to adjust over time. Now, the question also that Michelle asked is, how long will it take to start feeling or seeing results? This is one of those things that's going to be different for everybody. A lot of it depends on, you know, how long have you been overweight? How have you been eating before? You know, what metabolic state are you in as far as your health? So, we really see that it's it's slightly different for every person. So you'll just have to tweak it and adjust it till it feels right to you, but don't feel like you have to jump right in and start tomorrow. You may not see any results for like a month or so, two months, six weeks, whatever. It's going to be different for everybody. It's just however long it takes your body to adjust 
and to get into the groove with fasting. Because unless you've you know, done this before, it's a new thing that your body is having to learn how to do. All right. What do you think, Melanie? Yeah, I as well actually have a section on this in my book, What, When, Wine, um, under the IF tips and tricks section. And I have a whole section for how to get started <laughs> and things to help out. So some of the things that I say there before, one of them is what Jen talked about with going low carb first or or in conjunction, just because like Jen said, that can really make you a pretty good fat burner for a lot of people. So it can just get rid of the hunger and then intermittent fasting as a consequence becomes easier. Some other things that you can try. Um, so definitely not starting for, so for actually like starting, not starting on a day that you're super hungry. <laughs> um, so I actually advocate, especially if you're doing like a one meal a day pattern anyway, having a nice, wonderful feast the night before to ensure that you're not hungry the next day. And then with one meal a day, you would be feasting every night anyway. So it, it all works out, but you definitely don't want to start on, you know, on a day when you're feeling super hungry for whatever reason. Um, on a similar similar thing, you don't want to start on a day that you're super sleep deprived because as we talked about before, that's going to make you super hungry. So you definitely, you, you just don't want things to be you want the cards to be in your favor. So anything you can do to make that easier will definitely help. Some other things, I think it's really great if you start intermittent fasting on a day when you're going to be super busy because that'll help you deal with mindless munching and just eating out of habit. So if you're starting at a day or like a time of your life when you're going to be super busy, that can be really great because then you're really busy and you're focusing on other things and you're not thinking about if you're hungry the whole time, which is oftentimes more appetite or sugar cravings anyway. Um, if you're a big planner, I advocate that you really plan things out ahead of time if you're like the planner type. Um, so, you know, you might want to plan what your meals are going to be so you don't even have to worry about that. In the past, we've had a, like Prep Dish sponsor the podcast, for example, and they're, they're a meal planning service that you can do where they'll like give you your recipe lists and your your um, your grocery list for the week, so you can go ahead and get everything ready. But knowing, like, I think, especially for like me, because I'm a planner type, like having a plan and then knowing that I can stick to it, I find that really helpful rather than just like willy nilly jumping in and just seeing how it goes. Some people do better not planning, so if you're not a planner, I guess ignore that completely. <laughs> we actually talk about this in a little bit um, in another question, but tracking your progress. If you are like a tracker, there's a lot of different apps that you can get. Um, so there's like the window app that Jen Sun created. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes at ifpodcast.com slash episode 80. But so that's an app to actually track your fast. There are also apps that help can help you track your just your progress or sticking to habits or things like that. So we'll put some links in the show notes as well to some of those because those can be great. Yeah. And I just want to say a little something about those apps. You know, a lot of people use them long term, but I only used it for really, I was just looking back at it um, night before last, my window app history right after my son Cal made it for me. I used it for a, just like two to three months in a row, just until I was really in the habit, like it cemented the habit of opening and closing my window, and and then I stopped using it. So it's not something you have to use forever, but it's just very helpful to help you cement that habit. Yeah, exactly. Because once you, it's really the hard part is creating the habit, and then once you're in the right. habit, 
it's a habit. So <laughs> yeah, now I mean, like I, I have no more desire to track my fast using an app than I mean, I, I just don't, <laughs> I don't do it. But I, I started. There was one Christmas when I was like, I think I'm just going to need it during the holiday season, and I started trying to use it again, and I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't. You don't need it forever. It's like training wheels, right? Exactly. And then um, a few other last things I had. If you're a caffeine person, having your coffee during the fast, I mean, that's re- going to really help. It's going to really speed up fat burning and can help with appetite. So if that's something that works for you, I definitely say embrace it. Also, finding a friend. So if you want, if you can find somebody who wants to try the intermittent fasting thing with you, that can be really awesome because it can be great for accountability. Um, you can you know, text your friend when you're feeling the need to break your fast rather than breaking your fast. And then also you feel less weird when you have a friend doing it because then you don't feel like you're like this crazy person who's doing this crazy thing. It's not crazy, but you know, society. (laughs) Right. Few other quick last things. You can tell yourself you're just going to try it for a week because that's what I did and I never stopped. So that was effective. You know, I mean, some people say, oh, I'm going to try it for a month. I'm going to do it for a year. But, you know, if you can just try it for a week even. But then again, some people might need a little bit longer to really adapt. And then lastly, and I ha- so I have in my book, Go at Your Own Pace. Um, so I say that, you know, if you are like a person who likes to go cold turkey, like Jim was talking about, and just jumping in, you can that's like a great way to go. But then also you can do like what Jen said, you know, go slowly, cut out breakfast here, you know, a little bit there. Um, and then actually, so somebody left a review on my book yesterday and it was a really wonderful review, but they said something that really hit home for me. And I was actually thinking about this question. She said, the thing I really came away with, which was worth the read is that we are all different and need to figure out what works for you and what is sustainable. For me, I've done IF for 10 weeks and I've done all versions trying to figure out what is doable for me. And then here's what she said that I really, what I really liked. She said, I now know that my body will adjust. And since I'll be doing this forever, there's no need to rush. I love that. And I just thought that was so great. Like, (laughs) I was like, that is really, really wonderful. (laughs) I need to put that in my book. But it's so true. Like, there isn't a need to rush. So if you can't get it perfect right away, that's completely okay. And I like what she said about how she knows she's going to do it for life. So there's no no need to rush because you're going to get benefits. You can play around with it, but yeah, just you can work, keep working on it till you find the perfect version that works for you. So there's no prize for the person who adjusts right, the fastest, exactly. right? Or who there's no perfect. There, that's the beauty of it. You know, there isn't one right way to do it. And, you know, people will come in the Facebook groups and they'll say, how do I do this? Tell me exactly what to do. And the thing is, is that every single person there, you know, out of the thousands and thousands has a little slightly different variation that suits them. This is the diet that doesn't, I mean, I don't want to say diet. This is the lifestyle that doesn't have a list of exact rules about how you have to do it. It's going to fit your life. Exactly. All righty. That's why we love it. (laughs) Yep. All right, so ready for our next question? Yes. And this is from Anne, and the subject is, what is too much raw kale? And Anne says, first of all, please excuse my English. I am Norwegian, and I usually do not write English. And I just wanted, this is Jen talking for a minute. I um, I love that people in Norway are listening to our podcast. That just makes me very excited. And by the way, Anne, I think your English is fabulous. It is about one million bazillion quadrillion times better than my Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always impressed with how many people around the world speak English so very well. 
All right, now back to Anne's question. She said, I discovered keto and intermittent fasting a few months back. I am very enthusiastic and read a lot about it. I love your podcast. You have taught me so much. I'm trying to eat a lot of vegetables. So I started to make smoothies with kale. But then I read an article pointing out this. And the title of the article is, um, it's healthy eating. Eating raw kale is actually really bad for you. So Melanie, do you want to link that in the show notes, that yeah, article? I'll link to that. Okay. So the article is pointing out this. Kale is a cruciferous vegetable among the same family as cauliflower, broccoli, and cabbage. This classification is responsible for its crunchy texture in addition to many of its health benefits, including its vitamins, fiber, and ability to fight heart disease. But these vegetables have a dark side. When eaten raw, they can suppress production of the thyroid hormone responsible for regulating your metabolism. I would love it if you could talk about how much of the cruciferous vegetables are okay to eat raw during the day or during the week. I have read about it, and everybody says too much is not good, but they do not say what amount is too much. And if I steam the cruciferous vegetables, are they okay then? Or should I be careful as well? Thanks again for a wonderful podcast. Greetings from a cold, snowy place in Norway called Lovenstad. Gosh, I don't know if I said that right. How would you have said that, Melanie? Lovenstad. Lovenstad. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, see? Your English is so good that we can read it, and my Norwegian is so bad I can't pronounce your town, so I apologize for that. So, Melanie, what do you think? All right. Well, Anne, thank you so much for your question. Whenever I think of Norway, even though I guess it doesn't take place in Norway, but I think of Frozen. Where does where does that take place? Where's that? I mean, I know it's fiction, but where is it supposed to be? Some like yeah, fictional place. But I do know. Well, I do know, like in Epcot and Disney World, they have at the Norway Pavilion. Okay. That's where they do all the well, frozen okay. stuff. So I feel like it's Norway-ish. Like, <laughs> that's the vibe. Um, but anyways, thank you, Anne, for your question. And Anne is actually my middle name. That's random. But, so kale. So yes. So kale, like that article says, it is a cruciferous vegetable. And that's, um, so those vegetables are things like kale and rutabaga and turnip and Brussels sprouts and things like that. So they're very healthy for us um, in general, cruciferous vegetables, especially they're really well known for their ability to help our bodies detox and they're really supportive of the liver. So they, they have a lot of good things going for them. But yes, they do include compounds called goitrogens <laughs> and goitrin is the actual, the active part of that that is responsible for some of the effects. But basically the way it works with the thyroid and everything is that the goitrogens, they can block iodine from entering the, the thyroid gland. And iodine is really, really important to make thyroid hormones, um, which is important for our metabolism and just so many different things. So in general, most people are not going to be affected negatively by cruciferous vegetables. But if you are, if you do have a tendency towards hypothyroidism or you do struggle for some reason with having adequate iodine intake, it is possible that having way too many goitrogens, especially in the raw state, could be a problem for you. And actually there, so a lot of the other vegetables um, that I didn't list, like arugula, bok choy, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, mustard greens, turnips, so lots of stuff. Um, but it is true that cooking cruciferous vegetables um, can actually deactivate the enzyme that creates the the problematic effect with iodine. So if you cook your, your cruciferous vegetables really well, that's going to help a lot. 
So I think as long as you're cooking them um, and you're not going, if you know that you have like a hypothyroid problem, you're not going crazy, you know, so you're not like eating a million uh, cruciferous vegetables all the time. Just, you know, having normal amounts and cooking it. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think that's going to be fine. I did read a thing that said, for example, that juicing could actually be a major problem, especially if you're like juicing kale, which Anne did mention the juicing aspect. So that actually might be something you might want to think about not doing. Um, So maybe not maybe not juicing the cruciferous vegetables and sticking to the non-cruciferous vegetables for your green juices. Um, Just because juicing, there's the potential that that's going to concentrate the the problems associated with goitrogens. Just in case you're wondering, so the daily recommended intake for iodine is 150 micrograms per person. But again, we're not doctors. That's That's just the info on cruciferous vegetables and all the stuff. And, and I will point out since this is the intermittent fasting podcast that just in case people are wondering green juices, those are going to break the fast. So we would advocate having all of this in the eating window. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hack. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order. So you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. 
unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. So Jen, any thoughts? No, you really, you said everything that I was going to say, you know, the, the part about cooking it, that that's what, what, you know, the, the, the articles that you read that talk about the, the problems with the, the raw cruciferous vegetables, obviously then cooking it would be what you'd want to do. So Anne mentioned, you know, would steaming it. Yes. Any, any cooking method that you would like to use, do that. So you really, you covered it all. All righty. So the next question, this is kind of like, oh wait, what's the word where you just like hit, hit with a lot of questions. All at once. Like, oh, there's a word for it. Rapid it fire. Now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's oh, did they do that on Instagram? Okay, I didn't yeah. know. But it's, it looks like rapid fire questions to me. Yes. Yeah, that, that was the word. Okay. okay. Um, this is like the rapid fire email. This comes from Vaughn. The subject is sauna, apps, and product recommendations. But I'm changing the title to rapid fire because that's what this <laughs> is. Okay. So we can go through these. One do I need time. to answer them really fast too? I know. Like, that's what I feel like. <laughs> okay. So... First one, benefits of using the sauna 20 to 30 minutes, five times a week, while fasting and towards the end of a 20-hour fast. Let's, let's just do these one, one at a time. Okay, let's do. I knew this was going to be a Melanie question. <laughs> I knew that you would know all the answers for this one. I did do some looking, and I couldn't find any specific studies um, of using a sauna and fasting at the same time. So anything I said about it would be just a hypothesis and a guess. I personally would not hesitate to do it. I would tend to guess that it would probably be great. It would magnify the benefits. Maybe it would make it all worse. I don't know. I couldn't find a study that said anything. Do you know anything about this specifically, Melanie? Well, I will say first for listeners, so this is not the same thing as a sauna, but we did have the developers of the Juve Infrared Light um, devices on our podcast. That was episode 77. And we did go into detail about how, again, that was infrared light. So that's going to be similar to something like an infrared sauna, which isn't even the same thing as their devices. But we did go into the whole, we talked about saunas as well and how they affect the body and detoxing and things like that. But in general, so saunas can be really great for detoxing, kind of similar to intermittent fasting. Um, a typical heat sauna is working by creating heat in your body, which is causing you to sweat and release toxins and things like that. Um, so I think, I think, um, being in a sauna while fasting, assuming that you're in a, not in a super, you know, immunocompromised or depleted state where that's going to be too much for your body. Um, but if you're healthy going in the sauna, especially, I mean, I, I haven't found any studies about fasting and sauna specifically, like Jen said, but, I think it would catalyze the detox process um, and, and sweating. You're releasing toxins and things like that. And yeah, I, th- I think it would be a good thing at the end of a fast. Personally, that's just my personal opinion. That's not scientifically supported. So I guess if you're, you know, if you really have lots of toxicity though, and you're not healthy, maybe you'd want to hold off for a while. I don't know. I think it's really good for detox in general. And so it can be, a, you just don't want to make sure that for some reason you're overwhelming your body, you know, but um, I think if it makes you feel good, I think it's definitely a healthy practice. Exactly. All right. The next one, 
Rapid fire, rapid fire. <laughs> what is the name of the app Jen referenced in an earlier podcast that she used for weight averages? Yeah, and we just, uh, for weight averages, um, we just talked about the window intermittent fasting tracker that we'll have in the show notes. It's available on iTunes. I'm not iTunes. Well, I guess wherever you get your Apple apps, it's available mm-hmm. in the App Store. ITunes, yeah. So, okay, or the Apple App Store. So that's window intermittent fasting tracker. You can also search using my son's name, Cal Stevens, Stevens with a PH, and you can see all the apps he's ever made. It's really interesting, Melanie. He's made a lot of interesting ones, like one that you can, track airplanes in the sky, and he's made one that's an inflation calculator, just whatever he's interested in at the moment. I want to work with him. Um, Can he work now with other people, or is he still tied up? Well, no, he's he's no longer at Apple, so he can... He's And he actually turned down a job offer from Apple. What, wait, yeah, so what's he doing now? Well, now he's a senior at Georgia Tech, but he's already got his job lined up for after graduation. Would, he's would going he to be working to for Apple with me. Well, he might. I don't know. It's possible. Can I have his email? <laughs> yes, I will send okay. you his email. But actually, I think you can contact him through. Um, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I'll send you his email. <laughs> but <Facebook. laughs> the wind, the window. Yes, the window app that um, you can track your fast with also has a weight tracking feature. He added that, and it syncs with Apple Health Kit. So it on, that feature only works on an iPhone. If you have an iPad, I don't think that syncs with Apple Health Kit unless it, they just change that. They're always making changes, so you know anything could be different. But it has not worked. That feature has not worked on the iPad, only on the iPhone. So if you have an iPhone, you can get the window app, track your fast, and it calculates your moving average for your weight as well. And it syncs automatically. If you have a scale that syncs with Apple Health, it'll automatically just update that into your um, into your app for you. There's another one that a lot of people use. It's called Happy Scale. And I've never used Happy Scale, but... You know, it shows your moving trend over time, your moving average. Now, when I was doing it myself, I just wrote it on paper and then used a calculator divided by seven. So that's one way you could do it. And some people even use like Excel. They'll set up an Excel spreadsheet to automatically, they'll enter their weights every day. And then this, the, at the end of the week, it automatically averages them for you right there in Excel. Lots of ways to do it. But for me, honestly, it was a piece of notebook paper and I wrote it down. Oh, if you, if you like journals, I have, um, the Delay Don't Deny Life journal. And there actually is a section in that journal that lets you record your weight every single day and then find the weekly average right there in the journal for those of us that like to write things down with paper on paper. I did, um, I did try, I had a scale, it was a Withing scale, and it did work with an app, like the Withings app, so it automatically recorded my weights in the app, like I could go back and look at all of my weights from back when I had the scale before I threw it away. But funny story, if somebody came over to my house and stood on the scale in the bathroom, it recorded their weight as guest weight and sent it to my phone. Oh, really? So there were times, yes, so I didn't tell people that, but there were times when people were at my house and they were in the bathroom, and then later I got a weight from a guest, and I'm like, I know how much you weigh. Oh, crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that's it? funny. Here's my public service announcement. If you're at your friend's house, Don't you might not want to get on their bathroom scale because they might have a scale like mine that is um, set up to report the weight to an app. That's so funny. I mean, it really is. You know, you don't think about that, but it automatically, every weight, send it to the app. It's so, so. funny that it, it, it would know that it was a guest weight. So unless they were like yeah, your it, exact similar weight. Right, because it, it was really different than than my weight, right? Oh, so. wow. Oh, that's funny. 
Hi, friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting, and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. Now, I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter Enter your name and email address and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt-in and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so excited for you all to try it so be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right now back to our show. All right. So for listeners, if you go to ifpodcast.com slash episode 80, we'll put links to all of that stuff. 
in the show notes. Okay, next question. The difference for the two Facebook groups Jen has. All right. Well, I actually have three Facebook groups because I did not have enough to do. So I needed to monitor three groups instead of two. No, I'm kidding. But the original Facebook group that I started back in 2015 is the One Meal a Day IF Lifestyle. And so look for that. There's a lot of One Meal a Day groups out there now. There there weren't any more when, when this one was started. I think we were the only one for about a year. But it's One Meal a Day IF Lifestyle. And you'll know it's ours if you see a cover photo with a baked potato and a steak, and I think it's green beans. So I've kept that meal up there because I want it to show we're not a keto group, so we have the baked potato. But we're not a vegetarian group, so I have the steak. So you really, you can eat whatever you want. So that's why I've kept that photo all this time, ever since the day that I started the group. So my second Facebook group, I actually started when I was in the process of publishing Delay, Don't Deny, and I intended it to be the book support group. Because I didn't want to be like, all right, now this one meal a day group is all about my book. I, I That started a second one to be about the book, Delay, Don't Deny, Intermittent Fasting Support. And I really intended everybody in the group would have read the book. And so we could just talk about, you know, all come from the same place. But that's not what happened. And so people joined the group who hadn't read the book, which was okay, because eventually a lot of them do read the book. So instead of making it a requirement that you had to read the book, I just hoped people would eventually want to. And a lot of people do. So... Delay, don't deny, intermittent fasting support. You can search for that one. And then, you know, we started getting so many members. You know, we're 53,000 members in that group now. And so we have a lot of new people every day. And, of course, a lot of them have not read the book still, so they ask a lot of beginner questions. And some of the more experienced group members were a little frustrated by the the newbie questions that we got every single day, like, can I have, you know, stevia in my coffee? And and people would sometimes get a little grumpy about answering that question, you know, again. So I started one more group, and this one is called Delay, Don't Deny, Advanced Book Support Group. And this one is only for people who have read Delay, Don't Deny. So there's one membership question, and all of these groups have membership questions. The other two have three questions you have to answer. And this one has one question, and the question is, you know, telling me something that you would only know if you read Delay, Don't Deny. So, you know, don't try to like fake your way in and say, you know, Jen says fast clean. <laughs> That's not, it's not, not going to get it. <laughs> so we would love to have you in the group, but it really is for people who have read Delay, Don't Deny. We can give you a different kind of support if we're all starting from the same place with the same information. So there's that. And the next rapid fire question, I'm going to read it because it's what is Melanie's Facebook group? So you can tell us about that. Just says Facebook group for Melanie. I feel like we got to show how rapid fire it is. Um, when Vaughn wrote this, I did not have a Facebook group, but I do now. So it is Paleo One Meal a Day. And the subtitle is Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods. And so that's basically if you do follow or are interested in a specifically paleo or whole foods approach to intermittent fasting, we would love to have you there. So it's a slightly more niche version of intermittent fasting, but you don't have to be paleo. It's just if you're more interested in the whole foods-ish type approach and things like that. So we'd love to have you. You don't even have to be intermittent fasting. If you just if you just want to join, feel free to join. And actually at some other point, I want to pick your brain, Jen, on how to best run a Facebook group. You know, it's it's not easy and it, it takes a lot of time. And um I could really be on there twenty four seven and still not see everything that goes on. And 
you know, I used to could. I saw every post. I saw every comment. I knew everybody in there. And now it's just so big. Yeah. I mean, because we only have almost a a thousand members and I just kind of let it do its own thing. I feel like I'm not really like paying attention as much as I should be. Uh, I mean, I try to, but I think of you and I'm like, Jen's like so on top of it all the time with her groups, I feel. So many members, I have no idea how you do it. Well, I don't know how I did it and taught all the time, but I I did and um, thank goodness for things like recess and lunch break and I would get on, you know, (laughs) get on there and look at it during those times, which, you know, now that I'm no longer a teacher, I can admit that, but I'm sure the school system would not have liked that. But, (laughs) oh, well, sorry, I'm retired. (laughs) <laughs> all worked out. All yeah. the confessions come out now. <laughs> there you go. Like, that's that's the way it was. You know, I wasn't eating lunch. I I could look at Facebook, right? All right. Next one. IF and the diuretic effect. Well, that really ha- just has to do with um, the fact that our bodies store water to handle the food that we're eating. So we keep a lot of water in our system as part of digestion. So when you're eating less food, your body doesn't have the need to have as much water around. And that's the same thing if you're, you know, eating a low carb diet or a ketogenic diet, same thing. You know, I um have seen an estimate like the first four pounds you lose on, you know, keto or low carb are just water. That's how much water was going along with the, the stored glycogen. And then the first four you gain back after stopping that way of eating is also just the water. So it's just what your body does when you're um, letting go of that stored glycogen. Did you want to add anything with that, Melanie? Yeah, just basically the glycogen. And then also a lot of people just find a lot of anti-inflammatory benefits from intermittent fasting. And there are tons of reasons our body hangs on to water or lets go of water. There are so many, so many different things. So it can, there can be a lot of reasons, but I think a lot of people find too when as their health improves, they might lose like excess water weight and retention as well. So yeah, so definitely intermittent fasting can have a diuretic effect for a lot of different reasons, which we just discussed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then Vaughn says, thanks much. Enjoy your podcast and appreciate your real everyday answers, solutions, and insights. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much, Vaughn. We enjoyed that rapid fire, even though we did not move very rapidly. <laughs> I feel like out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails, we never had one that was quite formatted like that. We were yeah. just like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, and exactly. Go. <laughs> All right. So the next question comes from, what would you say? Nai. Um, Nai. It's N-A-I. I'm going to say Nai. All right. And the subject is IF with coffee. And Nai says, hello, ladies. I never really drank coffee much prior to dabbling in IF outside of the occasional Starbucks milkshake frappuccino. I've been drinking coffee with heavy cream about 1.5 cups a day since April. I started because everyone else fasting was talking about bulletproof coffees and heavy cream, so I had good success with suppressing my appetite for long periods of time. I don't generally refer to Dr. Oz, but he did have a segment that demonstrated how the fat helps you to process the caffeine slower and get a longer effect. Anyhow, now I am working on improving my cortisol levels. I tracked my sleep for a few weeks with a Fitbit and average about five to six hours a night between having a baby, working night shifts, and sometimes just simply not being sleepy. So last month, I started my new job that is primarily daytime hours and now make a conscious effort not to stay up mindlessly looking at Instagram and Facebook or TV. The baby is pretty good at sleeping through the night now, but I still can't really get the sleep I know my body needs. 
I'm ready to give up the caffeine, but I am afraid of derailing my IF successes so far. Do you have any recommendations on substitutes for fasting without coffee? Thanks for your support and all the effort you put into researching your listeners' topics. All right, Jen, fasting without coffee. I mean, it's a great question, but, you know, as much as people in the fasting world talk about coffee, you do not have to have coffee in order to fast. You really don't. So if you're trying to not have caffeine and you've decided caffeine is bothering you, then you could have decaf coffee. You know, there's still going to be a little bit of caffeine in there, but that might be a great way to... um to, to make that change, or you could just do fasting with water only. I mean, of course, tea is also going to have caffeine. So really, if you're trying to not have caffeine, you're just going to have to just drink water, and that's okay. And there is no requirement that you have any kind of coffee at all. Now, if you go back to the coffee episodes, we had two of them. I talked about my coffee experiment that I did, you know, and it was right after hearing some some chatter in the, the fasting world that, you know, a guru said that you weren't really fasting if you were drinking coffee. And then everybody was like, oh, should I give up coffee? So then I did an experiment and I actually realized I do better with the coffee than without the coffee. And there's lots of reasons why. And we covered these a lot on the um, on the coffee episode. Um, did you know, Melanie, we, we've actually been talking about this recently in my advanced delay, don't deny Facebook group that drinking coffee in the morning actually causes your liver to eliminate the stored glycogen faster and get you into ketosis faster. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I actually did just read that just the other day in a book that having caffeine, having coffee does deplete glycogen faster. And I think, Jen, because I know, like I, I used to drink more coffee than I do now. And now I'm at a point where I have like a spoonful of coffee in the morning, but I feel like, I feel like when I was having more that I did have that effect as far as getting into the fasted state earlier during the day. And I wonder if that's because it did, you know, clear out that glycogen and just bump you into the, yeah. So I, maybe I think I need to bring back a little bit more coffee into my life. (laughs) I certainly felt better when I was when I was having the coffee. And you know, that could really be why, you know, we we think that it's just the caffeine giving us the effects of the caffeine, but if the caffeine is clearing out your glycogen or if the coffee is clearing out your stored glycogen faster and you're getting into the fat burning state, then that would also be, you know, you would get into ketosis sooner, so the ketones would also give you the more energy. So it's like a one-two punch. So um nigh you know, we, you want to stop caffeine and we just told you a bunch of reasons about caffeine. It's great. And I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But, um, you know, maybe you could compromise and just have one cup in the morning and never have it afternoon. I find that as long as I limit my caffeine, um, I just drink it in the morning and then I don't have it anymore. And maybe that'll help. It'd be a good compromise. You don't have to be a hundred percent either like coffee, 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 or a hundred percent. I'm not having coffee at all. You could be like just a little, a little bit of coffee. Yeah, I think that's good. And then what I was going to say for my end was, well, I was going to say decaf coffee, obviously. And then also, I think there are a lot of things that can be, if you're looking for like the stimulating effect and the like the brain awakening effect, there are a lot of other things that can do that as well. Like even things like, like peppermint and um, like citrus, uh, those can actually activate similar 
receptors in our brain that create that that awake type feeling. So maybe, you know, using some essential oils that are citrusy or pepperminty, that could be something to try. Um, going the tea route. Yes, but I like everything Jen said about how you don't have to use coffee for sure. Right. I mean, a lot of people do really well with it, but, you know, some people never have coffee. It's and right, and it's and they're okay. Fine. Yep. It is <laughs> and not required. Historical hunter-gatherers who were living in fasted-type patterns weren't having coffee either. No. So, oh, physical activity. That's another thing. If you are the type that, you know, gets up early and needs something to get you going, some quick, brief activity can really get your brain firing. And also cold showers. Do, do not underestimate the power of a cold shower. That, <laughs> like, I started doing that. It wakes you up. It makes you feel good, like, afterwards. Uh, I've heard that. I put it on par, on par with caffeine even. Wow. So I cannot recommend it enough. You can start slow, build up. <laughs> it's funny though, like you turn it on really cold and you're like, I can't do this. And you want to turn it off. But then if you just sit there for a second, it gets doable. And then I like slowly rotate and I let it hit like a new part of my body. I'm like, I can't do this, but then it gets doable and you, yep. And you know what I should do while we still live in this house with our pool? I should just go jump in the pool every oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you're like in, you're in, then jump back out, and then go take my shower. I'm not not going to do that, listeners. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, you you end on the cold, so you'd have to take your shower oh. and then jump in the pool. Well, then I would need another shower because I would have to. Well, wash then you have to take a pool. cold shower yeah. after. <laughs> no, not doing it. All right, all right. Not even doing it for science. Okay, shall we move on to the next question? Yes. And this is from Wendy. Wendy's subject is. Times to eat. And she says, can you fast like two different times instead of one long one? Say three hours in the morning, eat from like seven to nine, and then eat again from like three to seven. So can Wendy do that? Melanie, what do you say? Well, first of all, Wendy, you can do that. (laughs) You, You can do whatever you want. That would not be intermittent fasting the way we talk about it, though. And here's why. So say that you start eating at 7, like you said, and you're going to eat from 7 to 9, and then you eat again 3 to 7. So that means from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., you had eating periods, and you never really entered the hardcore fasted state. So it's like you had an eating window of 12 hours, even though you weren't eating from 9 to 3. So there was a period of 6 hours that you were, quote, fasting, the way we see the most benefits with intermittent fasting is by going, well, I mean, typically going 12 hours and then a little bit, you know, beyond that. So 14 hours, 16 hours, maybe even 24 hours. The benefits that we're talking about often on this podcast and a lot of the studies are occurring when you go longer rather than going shorter fasts in abbreviated windows, if that makes sense. Of course, I mean, compared to like a a typical diet where you're eating lots of food all the time, you're not paying any attention to hours. Something like Winnie is talking about would be a step in the right direction, but it's not exactly the same thing as the way we often talk about intermittent fasting. I don't know if I talk, if I described that well, Jen, what what would you say? Yeah, I I think you you did. I know what you meant, but you're, when you finish eating, when you eat from seven to nine and then you stop eating, your body is not getting back into the fasted state. And then you eat again at three and you never really got into the fasted state because you were still processing that food. So while it might be a better step than a traditional eating all the time, it's still not 
um, giving you the the fasted state. So from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., you would be, you know, having that that period of time that would be a solid fasting period. But most of the benefits haven't really started yet by 12 hours. So you're really only fasting. Your body is fasting for those 12 hours, and you're not really getting into the benefits that we want to see. So... Yeah. So, I mean, so something you could do, because the first part of her question, she says, can you fast like two different times instead of one long time? So maybe if you just tightened it up a little bit, you know, so you could do, let's say you eat from eight to 10 and then again from like four to five. I mean, that would be like a nine hour eating window. And that would be better because you would have more time in the fasted state. So squinch those meals together. <laughs> yeah. So basically the fat, oh, Jen just did a visual demonstration that Squinched actually really helped together. though. Like basically, I wish I could like show listeners this. You're, the fast that you want to look at and count, quote count, is the fasting outside of those, those eating, those eating meals. Periods. And, yeah, yeah. Periods. So not the time in between. It's not like right. you, it's not like you quote, get to, get to add up all the fasted hours. Right. Because they, they need to be consecutive, at least right. just from a lot of the literature that we're seeing. Well, because the benefits occur as you, as you get out of the, the fed state. So, you know, if you're eating from seven to nine, you're in the fed state and, you know, the fed state continues for longer than that last bite of food. And so when we say, you know, you're fasting for, you know, 16 hours, technically you really didn't because part of that time your body was still in the fed state and then it gradually transitions into the fasted state. So you can't possibly calculate the moment that occurs because it depends on too many things like what you ate last and how much that was and a lot of things like that. So we just don't worry about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I did, I meant to talk about this at the beginning, Jen. So I just found a really interesting study and I shot this over to Jen, but it's something I wanted to bring up on the podcast. I heard about it. I was listening to Rhonda Patrick being interviewed on um, Joe Rogan's show. Have you ever listened to that podcast, Jen? I have. That's like the number one podcast, I feel like. I I don't know. It's It's, a good one, It's one of the number one podcasts. I don't know if it's like for like all of iTunes or... Just the health category? I think it might be like all of iTunes. Wow. I'm really blown away by that podcast just, just in general, because those interviews are, they're so long. They're like you know, three hours, but they're really, really in depth. And he interviews so many people. It's very inspiring. Regardless, he had Rhonda Patrick on p- pretty recently and they were talking about fasting. <laughs> they're talking about a lot of things. It's very interesting. And, but something that Rhonda Patrick said that I had not heard before and didn't realize was she was saying that rodents, when they are put on fat when they when rodents are fasted for 48 hours they they can lose up to 20% of their body weight whereas humans will you know lose 1 or 2% and i went and actually found the study that talked about this and yes it's true <laughs> so rodents can lose up to up to about 20% of their body weight in 48 hours and why that this is really interesting is something i've noticed in looking through all the literature on intermittent fasting because we have a ton of rodent trials, we have a ton of human trials, uh, studies, and you know the overwhelming majority of studies, I feel, and Jen and I talk about this a lot, but are very supportive of IF, of the benefits, of the things that you can get from it. When we see negative effects, they are often 
in the rodent studies I found. Like, I don't really see many studies in human trials that show straight up negative problems with intermittent fasting. They typically show benefits or they show similar, you know, similar um, results as calorie restriction, which is a benefit because we get a lot of health benefits from calorie restriction. But as far as like negative things, I feel like those pop up more in the rodent studies. But if you think about it, if you're losing, I mean, if a rat is losing 20% of its weight, wow, that is very substantial, you know? So I, I don't find it shocking at all that we would see more intense reactions in rodents. Just as like, if we see studies on the show, like hormone changes or things like that. And I, I kind of, it's kind of like I did a really epic long blog post on intermittent fasting in women. And is that safe? And I went through all of the, the, the rodent studies that showed that intermittent fasting um, in female rats would create things like it might affect like their cortisol levels and things like that. But in human studies, especially like Ramadan and um, just the studies that we've seen in humans, we weren't really seeing that quite as much. And I think that that might be a reason. I mean, this is just me. Right. This is just me talking casually about these studies. But I think that might be a reason for that because, I mean, if rodents are losing 20% of their body weight, that's a pretty big, that's a lot to deal with. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Jen? Well, that makes that makes great sense, and you would not be able to extrapolate the results to a human who is not having the same mass. I mean, twenty percent of your body weight is massive. I know, and it would shock the body, and not in a good way. And you'd be like, "Oh my God, something terrible is happening! I'm about to die!" And then you would have like hormonal emergency signals going in your yeah. body, right? Yeah. So I just thought that that was really fascinating, and I can't believe I hadn't come across that at all before. Like that hadn't really, I hadn't, I hadn't realized yeah. that. So for listeners, I will put a link in the show notes, both to the the Joe Rogan episode with Rhonda Patrick, which like, like I said, was very, very fascinating. Um, and she did talk about a lot of other things as well. And then I'll also put a link to that study in the show notes as well. A few things for listeners before we go. If you have your own questions for the podcast, there are a few ways you can get those to us. You can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com. You can also go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. Also on that website, you can sign up for our email list and then you will get um, emails and reminders about the podcast and announcements about anything new that's happening. Also in iTunes, you can subscribe to our podcast and then you will get the episodes downloaded automatically each and every week. You won't even have to do anything. And while you're in iTunes, if you would like to leave a review of our podcast, that would be super duper helpful, super appreciated. We'd really, that would really just mean the world. Um, on Amazon, that's where you can get our books. So I have What When Wine, Jen Has Delay, Don't Deny, and Feast Without Fear. We also would really love if you'd like to leave a review of our books there. It helps so much. And like I said, I really love that review that I just read on this episode about what that um, reviewer said about IF being a lifetime process and there, there's no rush. So I loved that. And then... Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We are IF Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We are the IF Pod. And you can also help support our podcast on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash IF Podcast, and we have a lot of fun little listener incentives there, like shout outs on our website, um, getting your question on the podcast, have some calls with Jen and or me. So you can definitely check that out, help support the podcast and get some fun things there as well. Yeah, so that's great. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. Well, I hope your your um, podcast launch goes really well this week. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I'm excited about it. I can't wait for um, listeners to, to get it. There's some great stories. Yep. So listeners, definitely check that out. All right. Yes. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.